Thanks, Philip. Whoa. I'm here. <laughs> How are we doing, church? You doing okay? Yeah. yeah? It's Sunday morning. Come on. There's something's going on in the stadium today. I don't know what, but I'm glad I'm here. Hallelujah. It's going to be a good morning. This, hopefully my laptop doesn't break. We'll see what happens. If you can just pray for it while I'm speaking. Thank you. Yeah, great. Actually, if I could have another one as well, because I've put my Bible there. Be so, sorry, yeah, no. sorry, bro, to interrupt you. Um, kids, there is kids' church. If there aren't, if there are any kids in here who didn't hear the message earlier, um, Faith's just made me aware of that. Um, so, yeah, Faith is just right there. Just follow Faith. Cool. Come on. Come on. Thanks, Willem. Yeah, thanks, worship team. Um, yeah, so for those who don't know me, my name's Dan. Um, hopefully some of you have seen me before. Um, I've been around here a little while. I love this church. I love Dylan and Anna. I love, uh, I love True Life. I love what God's doing here and, uh, and to be a part of it. And um, just a little bit about me. I live in Northampton. My mum is here actually and my brother and his wife as well. Um, yeah, come on. It's good to have the family in the house. And uh, yeah, I live in Northampton. I'm a gardener at the moment. And uh, God is calling me to go to Mexico this summer to do mission. So it's a bit of a crazy time of life, but, uh, but awesome. And actually, you know, it's just been amazing just to see what God's doing in this church as well. Like, I remember when this church first started, we were moving from community halls to wherever else we could get into. And now to be in a cinema and to have the service last week and this one this week and to see what God is pressing on our hearts. He is pushing into him. It's just been amazing. Um, are you ready this morning? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you need to be ready because there's a lot. I'm go- I've got a lot on my heart this morning and it's going to be quite uh, full on. So, um, yeah, I want you know what? I want to start with this. I want you to repeat this after me. If the Bible says it, say that. I believe it. And that settles it. Now say it again, but this time with the, like you believe it, like it means something. If the Bible says it, I believe it. And that settles it. Hallelujah. I, 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 uh, I just want to start by just saying this point. That actually, sometimes when we go to, if we hear the weatherman and he says that tomorrow there's going to be rain or tomorrow there's going to be sun, we might wear a jacket. We might put on, a, we might put on some lighter clothes. Or if the doctor, you know, he might, you know, might say, you know, you have this thing, take these prescriptions, do these exercises. We'll do exactly what they say without a second thought. But sometimes if Jesus is saying something, if Jesus is saying this is what you need to do in order to transform your life, this isn't what you need to do in order to find freedom and to find life, sometimes we go to Bible colleges to question it. Sometimes we interpret scripture. We sit upon it for ages and we don't just take it like that we don't just believe it in the same way and I think this morning I want to encourage you to open your hearts and be like Lord I want to receive what you're saying I want to hear your words and I want to he is the ultimate doctor he is the ultimate counselor he is the ultimate one of all wisdom and so Lord I just, I, in fact if you just close your eyes Lord I just want to uh, encourage you that uh, in this place Father I just want actually our hearts to be open to hear from you Father to hear your words of truth Lord to hear your words of life Jesus we thank you that you are good we thank you that you love us Jesus and that you do lead us to repentance and life in Jesus name everybody said amen. amen thanks guys for setting this up awesome um yeah i i just start by sharing this i um uh i was watching a documentary not too long ago about a surfer and in hawaii and he was a, he was a pro surfer and he wanted to become a world champion you know he was he was good he dedicated his life to it he worked really hard but he wanted to become a world champion surfer and um uh, he would be doing this training all year round and they'd wait for this one competition where basically the best surfers in the world would come and surf these huge waves, the ones that would only come once in a year. And, uh, 
so he's waiting for these waves, waiting for this time, and this competition comes up. And these waves, the thing about these waves, they're so big that you have to be, it's not just your skill, you have to be in the right time at the right place. You can only catch it if you're in the right time at the right place. And he kept trying, he kept like putting in his effort, he kept trying to be in the right place, but this other surfer just seemed to catch every wave in the right place at the right time. And I remember watching this documentary and thinking, this question that I'm going to be asking us today is, what are you living for? You know, this guy had dedicated his whole life for this surfing career, and we may be dedicating our lives for different things. But my question is, what is it that you are living for today? What is it that if you did not have it, life itself would not be worth living? And the topic I'm going to be talking about today is idolatry, idols. Have anyone heard of the word idols before? Everybody say idols. Idols. Um, yeah, the topic today is idols. And actually... Uh, Basically, it's anything that we're putting in, anything that we are living for apart from Jesus Christ himself. Anything that we're putting first place in our hearts apart from Jesus Christ himself. Um, and it's, it, you know, you may have heard it within scripture. Tim actually read an amazing scripture this morning, actually. I might even read it again. Um, in Revelation 19, was it, Tim? Um... The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of the hand, nor give up worshipping demons, idols of gold, silver, bronze, stone and wood, which cannot see, hear or walk, nor did they repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual moralities and their thefts. This idea that actually there's a theme within the Bible about idols being a carved image. You know, you've may have read it before, the golden calf, heard of these things before where uh, the Israelites or other nations would worship a physical object, either made of stone or wood or something like that. And God was like, how can you devote yourself to a, an object, you know? And I think in our day-to-day, -day, we think idols don't exist, you know, because we, no one worships, no one goes to the stadium and worships a big stone or a big image, you know. But the reality is the Bible says that this is a way deeper topic. It's not just a physical object is actually something to do with the condition of our heart and the reason i'll say this is colossians 3 verse 5 says this put to death therefore what is earthly in you ever say earthly. earthly sexual immorality impurity passion evil desire and covetousness which is idolatry these things what he's saying is he's saying this is actually a heart issue this is not just a physical thing you are worshiping but it's actually something anything that displaces your christ being first in your heart and it, go, it means it goes way further than we think and actually I'll just say this, that uh, this message today, yeah, it's actually been quite an intense one. God has actually made it very clear that this is what he wanted to speak about. And I really believe that today we're going to see freedom and deliverance. And I don't know what you're feeling like right now, but I really believe God wants to free your life this morning. He wants to give you, he wants to give you freedom. And uh, yeah, so I just want to say, just keep your heart open that God may want to remove things in your heart that have come before Christ and that are causing you stress, causing you tiredness, lack of sleep, all these sort of things. And yeah, in Jesus' name today, today that will be today. Um, amen? Amen. Uh, the main person I want to look at for this uh, topic, and I think one of the biggest moments where Jesus removes an idol from someone's life is actually Abraham. Everyone heard of Abraham? Uh, there's a story where he, uh, in Genesis 22, if you want to be in the scriptures today where follow me i'm going to be in genesis 22 mainly um it's when he has to sacrifice his own son abraham is a hundred years old he's been waiting for a son his whole life and that's not a bad thing he has a desire a good desire to have a son and uh, he waits for to have this son he finally has his son and then and then genesis 22 says this it says after these things god tested abraham and said to him abraham he said here i am he said take your son 
your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac, and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place in which God had told him. Basically, what's happened here is God is saying, I've given you this gift of a son, but I'm worried it's going to become an idol in your life. I'm worried that this son is now replacing me as first place in your life. You know, he's now saying, what I want you to do is I want you to go up on this mountain. I want you to take your son and sacrifice him on the mountain, which can seem like quite an extreme thing. But today, my heart for this message, my aim for this message. Thanks. Hello? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Is that better? Great. Great, thanks, Ellis. As long as you can't me. <laughs> um, yeah, my heart and aim for this message is that we all go on a journey today of taking whatever it is that is an idol, taking whatever it is that's taken first place in your heart and going to the mountain and sacrificing it and saying, Lord, I give this thing to you. If you read, if you read Genesis uh, 22, verse 5, it says, Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. Dylan actually told me this is the first time worship is mentioned in the Bible. You know, it's kind of cr- kind of a crazy moment to bring worship into it. You know, it's not just you know, it's not they're not praising, they're not singing songs or anything. There is this there is this quite crazy moment that's going on, and uh, uh, yeah, I just want to yeah, I say that this this process of removing idols out of our heart, this process of removing these things out of our heart, is actually an act of worship you know there is this romans 12 verse 1 says this i appeal to you therefore brothers by the mercies of god to present your bodies as a living sacrifice everyone say sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual worship this element of sacrifice is worship and don't get me wrong in some worship there's a moment where my heart is like i just I'm, i'm just surrendering i'm just giving it all over to him and it is a form of sung worship but worship is so much more it's this process of your life of saying lord take everything of me take all these things of me and you be my god you be the one that's the center of my life because we're meant to have him as the first place for life he's meant to be our god hallelujah thanks that's it beth come on um uh yeah, I just want to say, that, so just a thought, this isn't actually the first time, this isn't the only time Jesus gets someone to surrender their idol in the Bible. So if you go to the New Testament, uh, there's a story of the rich young ruler. Has anyone heard of that one, the rich young ruler? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to read this out to us. It's a bit, yeah, it's a bit crazy. Um, I might I'm turn, to, turn to my Bible, actually. It's in Mark 10, um, 17 to 30. Are you doing okay, guys? Yeah? Thanks, thanks. Mark 10, 17 to 30, yeah. Okay. As Jesus was setting up on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. Dylan once, I said to Dylan, like just hanging out, I said, Dylan, are you good? And he goes, bro? Only God is good. And I'm like, seriously, Dylan, it's such a simple question, you know. (laughs) Um, He says, you know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. Jesus said, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have. Give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me disheartened by the saying he went away sorrowful and had great possessions 
this rich young ruler, Jesus isn't actually, he doesn't care about this guy's money. He's not actually bothered about trying to get this guy's money off of him or trying to, you know, take his money for some sort of reason. The problem is, is that this guy's money has become his God. It's become his identity. It's become what he is. He is the rich young ruler. He's the man that, you know, has kept himself morally good since he's a young man. He probably had lots of admirers. He had lots of wealth. He invited people into his home. This was who he was. And God's saying, He's saying, you know, how do I follow you, Jesus? And he's saying, yeah, if you want to follow me, I have to become your God. I have to become the thing that's first place in your life. And actually, I believe that God wants to give us abundance. He wants to give us fullness. He wants to give us blessing, but nothing that takes place of him. Amen. Um, what well, this is a deeper sense of what he's actually saying is he's saying, you know, he's saying, Lord, what must I do to follow you? And he's saying, Lord, I go to church on Sunday. I'm at house group on Wednesday. I, I've been reading my Bible. I've been praying. I've been sharing Jesus with some people on the, you know, in my workplace. You know, what else do you want, Lord? What else do I need to do to experience your fullness, experience your life? And he's saying, you know, if you're single and you want marriage, surrender it to me. Give it up to me. Give that, that thing that you're longing for to, to, over to me. If you're married and... Uh, what you think, what your spouse thinks about you, is the most important thing in your life. He's saying, "Give it to me. You know, give that up to me." If it's your looks, and you're saying, "I just want to feel like I look nice. I just want to feel like I look," he's saying, "Give it over to me." He's saying, uh, uh, "Your career. Maybe you're. Maybe you're just. Maybe you're not a rich young ruler. Maybe you're the opposite. Maybe you have had a bad upbringing, and you, all you want is to be, you know, someone established, someone who earns their own career, someone who finally gets a good income, and this is the thing you're living for." By the way, what I'm saying is all these things are not bad. They're only bad if we live for them, if they become first place. Amen? Um, and it's like, yeah, if, if these things, I mean, I'll go, I just want to go even further, you know. Being complimented. Let's say you're just desperate to be complimented. Say, I just want to feel validated. What, what I'm saying is if these things become your salvation, if they become your redemption, if they become the thing that approves you, that, that makes you, You've lost, you know, because it's your, it's your fullness. God wants to bless you with all these things and more. But it's like, but he needs to be first place in your heart. Otherwise, you'll get destroyed. Um, sex. We're doing a series called Sex and Sexuality. You know, and I just want to say, like, don't tell me it's not a thought in any of your minds, you know. You know, Tinder in the world is one of the biggest apps going out there because people are desperate to have sex with each other. And But the thing is that this can become an idol in our mind. It's something that God has blessed us with. But then if we put forward above everything else, it's then going to corrupt us and destroy us, you know. It's actually, we have to lay these things down. And I just want to even say, like, personally, so I'm going to be going to Mexico in July. And, uh, yeah, come on. You're crazy, eh? If you want a free holiday. I can't guarantee it'll be a holiday. <laughs> it'll be, it won't be free, yeah. That's it. It'll cost you about a grand to go there and back. But if you want to spend money and, you know, see what happens, um, go, for, go and preach to the cartel or something, you know. I'm sure that when I was there, people went to go and preach to the cartel. How crazy is that, eh? I was like, I don't know about that, you know. I shouldn't say that mum is here, you know. Never tell your mum these things. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, crazy stuff. But uh, oh gosh, what was I even saying? Yes, I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to be going to a mission base there. It's going to be like this, a big community of people. You know, there's a part of me that wants to be accepted there, you know, which isn't a bad thing, by the way. These things are not bad things. But I want to be like, I want them to be like, oh, Dan, you're such an amazing person, you know. Come along. Oh, preach every week, you know. Please teach us, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. You, know, you, want to, you want everyone just to be, you know, say all these good and grateful things, great things about you. But, what I, but I have to be careful that if I go into this community wanting to be liked, 
I'm beginning to make them my God. And I may come back hurt and oh, tired and exhausted. Oh, I didn't quite receive what I needed to. I didn't feel complete. It's because I've made them my God. If I follow the Lord and I don't make them my God, any blessing they give me, great, I can receive. Anything that's hard or difficult, doesn't matter. I'm following the Lord. He is my God. It, does that make sense? It can be so simple. Anything that you're, you're looking for to, to complete you, is that's, that's when it becomes a problem. Steep, eh? <laughs> I lost a bit of sleep over this stuff, just so you know. <laughs> I was like, Lord, Jesus, just so much. Um, I'm going to give you another one. Luke 14, 26. I love this verse because Jesus is just so unpolitically correct. You notice that Jesus, when he speaks, he's like, Jesus, you could say things in a... just a better, People can interpret this in different ways, you know? Um, people are going to read this for years to come. Uh, 14:26. he says this. Anyone who comes to me and does not hate his mother, his father, his wife, his children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Imagine if you're with Jesus, then you'd be like, what? You know, like, how does that make any sense? You know, I thought I understood you to this moment. And now you're just like this blur in my brain. But it's this, but like, there's this moment where he's, he's not saying he wants you to hate your mother and father because he loves his own mother and father. He sets an example of what he does. And he says, honor your mother and father as well. He commands people to do that. What he's saying is, you know, there's people that are like, I can't follow you, Jesus. I can't leave my family behind. I can't, I can't, I don't want to ruin my family's reputation. I can't leave this. I can't leave that. And Jesus is like, if you want to follow me, I have to be first above all of it. I have to be first above your job. I have to be first above everything. And all these things will be added to you. All these things will be given to you. But I have to have that place in your heart. Hallelujah. Is this starting to challenge you a little bit? It challenges me. I'm even thinking about it. Yeah. Family. We, are doing, we talked about family. We talked about fatherhood. And it's like, yes. Even he is. Jesus says, call no man on earth your father, for I am your father. He's saying, I, you will grow up with an earthly father. You'll grow up with an earthly mother. But I have to be that ultimate approval, that ultimate validation that you receive from high. You are. Come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'll give an example, actually. Uh, there's a preacher called Tim Keller. I was listening to him the other day. And he was saying um, he was pastoring someone. And uh, this, this lady, her family situation had just become chaotic. You know, her child was, was not, she wanted him to follow the Lord. And he was not following the Lord. He's just going off on his own, own whim. There seems to be disconnect between her and her husband. And, uh, and she said, all I want, I haven't done anything amazing in my life. But all I want is just my child just to grow up well. I just want them to follow the Lord. I just feel like, that would be the one thing that would, you know, make me happy. That's the one thing that I actually care about, you know. And her husband, I don't think, was helping the situation. She became bitter and angry towards her husband. And Tim Keller says, you've made your child your salvation. Your child is going to complete your life. You've put a pressure upon your own child that will make you feel like your life is now worth it. And he's like, what you need to do is you need to actually let that go and say actually and 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 forgive and forgive and he actually counseled someone and they they began to let it go they forgave their husband they they loved their children and suddenly they put jesus first and all the other things began to fall into place do you know that's crazy because god wants us to have children he wants us to have marriage he wants us sex is his thing he made it you know all these things are god's idea but he's just saying if you if you if you don't if you're not careful You'll start worshiping the thing rather than me, the created thing rather than me, and then you'll just lose it all. You'll lose every, all the peace that I've given you. It'll be gone from you. Wow. Come on. Come on. He wants you. It'll actually make you more confident. It'll actually make you more full. It'll make you more peaceful, more consistent, more whole. You know, and all these things will come into your life, and you will just be like, wow, I'm just, 
I'm, I love life. I love life. I'm not up and down. I love life, you know? I do. Come on, Ellis. Come on. Yeah. I just wanted to touch on this. This is quite <laughs> Oh, some things are heavy, eh? Um, in the world, so this is like a nice Christian idea that we put Jesus first, but this is universal. This is the whole world has to put Jesus first. You know, the idea that we are self-sufficient without God is just a lie. You know, I just think the third, Romans 1 says this, that everyone was desiring all these earthly things. They were desiring to, uh, all these evil things. And then God finally just, gave him over to it he just says you know what have it you know and they began to go falling into sin and they went such dark it's the worst thing that god can do is actually give you over to the very thing that you are worshiping you know you can like all i want is money okay i'm just going to give you to money and now you're going to worship it your whole life and it will destroy you that's the worst thing that god can do to you it's actually stopping you is actually a blessing but like and and actually you know just looking at the world now like sodom and gomorrah it's sometimes it's like scary how close we're getting to that place you know how how like familiar this is becoming and yesterday i was in uh, urban outfitters getting some new clothes you know keeping it fresh from mexico you know you've got to be carrying the bling um <laughs> uh, it's not an idol it's not an idol no, um <laughs> um but i was in urban outfitters and uh yeesh my heart was actually a bit like torn you know like i was standing there in the in the line and then there's all these books on the side and i'm looking there and there's like how to become a witch how to learn tarot cards how to read signs sex uh, positions you know like uh some other other books on self-help books you know uh, love yourself sort of thing and this whole table I was like this isn't just like interesting topics this is like demonic stuff like this is how you get you know, if you want to get a demon in your life, start reading this, you know. It's like, hey, if you want to get messed up, you know, buy stuff from this table. But seriously, there was this part of me that was like, wow, the world is like, we think the further we go away from God, you know, oh, we're going to be fine. We're going to give more peace. I tell you, there'll be more destruction, more worship. There will be more intrigued into weird spiritual stuff. Sex abuse will increase. Drug abuse will increase. There'll be drug overdoses, increasing of drinking, parties, lavish lifestyles. I'll, it will decrease because the further we go from him, he is the one that will restore us to life. The further we, even in our own lives, the further you go from him, the more things that will fall apart in your life. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. Let me show a little story. You okay? Yeah, this is, I'm just, I'm probably like tiny, I'm like going this far and I'm like that far through and I'm joking. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's it, you got all day, come on. Uh, so we put this in around all day, guys, yeah. Um, uh, no, I want to share a little story actually from when I went to Mexico a few, uh, like a couple months ago now. I went there for carnival, like it's literally like Rio. Anyone seen Rio, you know, the bird film? It's like that, you know? <laughs> Uh, everyone's partying, everyone's boogieing, you know, like they go to an, ex they actually go to such an extreme just for carnival. I was literally like, this is ridiculous, you know. In England, we wouldn't because we'd be like, how am I making money off this thing, you know. But, um, uh, but like, uh, yeah, they have all this big celebration, they have all this big stuff. And we're there doing minute, we're doing like mission work. And late at night, people are queuing in to get into the carnival area where there's huge stages, raves, you know, people are getting drunk, they want to party. And what's really going on is people are queuing up to worship. They're queuing up to go into a place where they can feel, they can finally just feel free. They can finally just feel like they can just let go and be themselves. And we're standing there in this entrance and being like, hey, I know you're going to go to worship this stuff, but there is somebody else you can worship and he will give you everything that you're looking for. Everything you're striving for, he will provide all of it. And um, uh, yeah, and so we're like, we're just chatting with people, talking with people. And then we thought, we just need to stir this thing up. You know, after a while, you just think, let's just go crazy. So, uh, so we just came up with this idea, yeah, we just... 
we would just grab a, we'd make a circle and just grab people's hands and be like, hey, and we're like, we're making a circle, we're making a circle. And people were like, okay, yes, absolutely. And so like someone grabs my hand and then they grab their hand and then before you know we've got this massive circle, like 15 people, then drunk people are like coming in like, oh, let me just grab your hand. And then they're, they're all like, no one, no one has a clue what we're doing. You know, everyone's just like, this circle keeps getting bigger and bigger. And then Carlos, this Mexican guy, he's like, guys, so it's so good you're all here. We're now going to pray together for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to know God. And then we're all going to pray together for us to know God and have a relationship with him. And he's like, and then everyone's like, oh, this is a Jesus thing. Like, how have I been tricked into this, you know? And so everyone's like, you know, can, people don't know what to do when they don't know God. They're like, okay, oh, everyone's closing their eyes. I will close my eyes, you know? And they're also like, you know, holding on to not like collapse, you know? Anyway, we start praying. This guy starts praying in Spanish. Everyone, everyone's just like this, you know, just like, okay. But then it did actually, it got, it got deeper, you know. Something in the atmosphere just got suddenly, everyone was like drunking and partying. And then this whole circle was just different, you know. Everyone's like, oh, this is real. And then, he, and then he does the thing, then he starts to say like, repeat this after me if you, if, you feel, if you feel like you want to. He says, you know, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, you died on the cross. Everyone repeats it. Everyone is saying the Lord's Prayer, you know, and giving their lives to the Lord. And we don't know if they are in their hearts, but they just did it. Anyway, we let go. <laughs> You're loving it, eh? <laughs> Anyway, we like we let go of the circle. Everyone's like, woo, you know, clapping. Everyone's all the drunk people are clapping, like, yay, we we follow Jesus, you know. And uh, and then I was like, that was awesome, guys. I was like, let's do that again, you know. Anyway, as I'm chatting to someone, I realise one guy is just still standing there like this, and he's like, you can see, like, he's 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 feeling emotional, he's feeling overwhelmed, and he can't move. You know, there's this part, boys. Oh, God. Too life and crying. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there's this part of him which is like he kn- he knows he needs this. You know, for a moment he's realised this is a, I, I'm going to all these places, but he in his heart he's like, this is actually I needed to have this moment of just this two minute moment of receiving God. You know, because now I know this is what I have my heart. So we went over to him, and I said, Hey, bro, I said, Are you okay? And he just says like, I know, I know, I, I need this. I need Jesus. You know, I need Jesus to come into my life. And, uh, and so we, and we pray, we'd pray with him, you know, we speak with him and we say, you know, we want to, yeah, we say, Lord, we're going to pray for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We go through praying again of how to receive Christ into his life. And this guy is just soaked in it, you know, in this moment. And with all this crazy, all this pie, all this loud noise, but this guy is in this divine encounter with God, you know, just in the middle of the street. And I was like, yes, that is why we do it. You know, that is why we have these, while we go out there and we tell people about Jesus, because he's found what everyone else is searching for, what everyone else is trying to go through life and just get enough of to get by. He has just found it all in one moment. <sighs> Amen? <sighs> okay. David Foster Wallace, he's a famous uh, writer, novelist. Um, he, he, I think he was living in New York at the time. He wrote this. He actually died, not lo- he actually committed suicide not long after saying this. And he was an atheist. This is powerful stuff, this. He says, because here's something that else is weird but true in the day-to-day trenches of adult life there is actually no such thing as atheism no such thing as not worshiping this guy's not a christian there is no such thing as not worshiping everybody worships the only choice we get is what to worship and the compelling reason for maybe choosing some sort of god or spiritual type thing or worship let it be jesus christ or allah or yahweh or wiccan mother goddess or the four noble truths or some innovable set of ethical principles, is that pretty much anything else you worship will eat you alive. If you worship money and things, if they are what you tap into for real meaning in life, then you will never have enough. You will never feel that you have enough. It's the truth. 
Worship your body and beauty and sexual law and you'll always feel ugly. And, the, and when the time and age start showing, you'll die a million deaths before they finally grieve you. On one level, we all know this stuff already. It's being codified as myths, proverbs, cliches, epigrams, parables, and a skeleton of every great story. The whole trick is keeping the truth in front of daily consciousness. That's powerful. He realizes, like, we all worship something, you know? That we're all giving, we might say there's no meaning in life, but we all give ourselves some sort of meaning. We all live for something. The problem is everything else will die to. Only Jesus will give us life. This is something I just felt in my heart. I'm getting, I am getting to the end now. Don't worry. It is coming. Um, I just want to be expecting as well. I just, I just want to, you know, I'm just going to pray quick. I just want to say, uh, God may actually want to remove idols from you this morning. The smallest things which may actually be bothering you, he wants to remove from you this morning. And in a minute, we're, we're, after this preach, I'm going to invite the band up and we're just going to have a bit of time in ministry time. Time to come down to the front and just and just be like, Lord, I just want you to fill me. I just want, I don't, I don't know about you, but sometimes I want to be in worship for like two hours. I just want to be soaked through and through. I just want to be like, God, you're the only thought I have in my mind because all the other ones are just all over the place, you know? So I just want to encourage you, if there's anything that's God stirring in your heart, just have that on your mind. Um, I want to come back to uh, Abraham. There may be uh, something in the story we're reading, Genesis 22. Abraham was tempted. He waited for, he was 100 years old when he had his child. But halfway through his life, he was like, you know what? Uh, he spoke to his, his wife, convinced him that he was just going to sleep with the servant and then they were going to have a son that way. He, didn't, he kept asking God. He kept waiting for a son and it just never came. And then eventually he just broke and he just said, you know what, I'm going to make a son in my own strength. It ended up becoming uh, uh, actually a, a, a problem between him and his wife. And actually he still was blessed with a son either way. But uh, sometimes in life, you may have something which you're like, Lord, I've been waiting for this for a long time, you know, and I still haven't had it. And it may get to a point where you just feel a little bit like, oh, I just, I'm just losing the strength to, to keep going with this thing. But what I want to encourage you with, the reason we have that temptation just to leave the Lord and just to pursue these things is because it still has a place in our heart as worship. You know, when you begin to say, Lord, I don't, because what we want to do is want to say, Lord, I just want to go and worship that thing. I'm just desperate to worship that thing. I want to say, actually, if you put the Lord first, you will have everything you need right there and then, you know. If you're not going to, if we change what you worship, then you've already got it. You've already got the contentment. You've already got the fulfillment. You've, you've already won. Um, I've done it. I'm just going to say, like, I did, you know, when I was younger, I actually was like, I want to I see what's in the world. I want to pursue all these things of the world. And I was just, I, I remember just being left like, oh, when I came back to cross, I was like, why did I waste so much time, you know, just chasing after just rubbish, you know? Parties, I remember just like, even just friendships, you know, were just so empty. They just disappeared overnight. You know, the second a girl gets involved or something between me and a friend, like, we're, we're enemies, you know? And it's like, what kind of friendship is that? What kind of loyalty is that, you know? And I remember just thinking, God is so much more valuable than all this other junk and i just want to say if you feel discouraged like that hold on and actually don't just hold on bring him back to first place and say lord i just it, he wants to bless you with it he wants to give you these things he just doesn't want it to be first place in your heart amen he's good he's a good father and i just want to tell you what you are actually saying yes to you know todd white says this he says you i can't be rejected because i've already been accepted you know, no one can take away my peace because they never gave it to me. You know, there's this element of like, some. I think some of us live our lives half empty, you know, glass half full. You know, but Jesus wants to fill us up to the brim. He's saying, if you let go of all these things, 
actually, you will live just so content, so confident. You know these guys, you, when you see guys, even YRAM, you know, there's a whole bunch of people and they see some that are just really confident in themselves. They're really sure of their life. They're like, they're just so uh, secure, but they haven't got it all together. They just have confidence. You know, they have this just assurance about their life. It's because they've just surrendered it all. They're just like, you know what? I'm just happy with whatever. You know, I'm just living in the fullness. I'm just alive. And there's other people that things are breaking them. Things are tearing them apart. God wants to free us of them things. Amen. My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and they've dug for themselves their own cisterns, broken systems that cannot hold water. He's saying, I am living water. Don't go to a cistern. Come to me. And I even just said this as well. You know, maybe you're struggling to sleep at night. You know, like you feel restless at night and you've got sleep meditation app or some sort of uh, pills or something. And maybe what you just need is peace. You know, maybe it's just that these things are bothering you in the back of your head and you just can't sleep. Maybe you actually just have to just let them go. You know, Jesus was in the middle of a storm and he was going to be crucified one day. That was the end of his life. But he still slept soundly, still slept in peace. Can the band come up? Come on, guys. Come on. Uh, everyone, can you just stand up as well? I want you to, I want you to just... Uh, uh, just begin to close your eyes. Begin to raise up your, your hands to heavens. Raise up your hands to the Lord. We're just going to have a bit of ministry time. In a moment, I just want to encourage you to come down to the front and just receive from the Lord. No one's going to pray for you. It's just going to be between you and the Lord. It's going to be a time of just you receiving from Him. Yes, Father, we thank you for your presence, Lord. We thank you that you love us. We thank you that you are the one thing we need, Jesus. We thank you that you... Uh, it says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, Lord. We thank you that you want to add all these things unto our life, Jesus. But we thank you, Lord, that you are the one thing we're missing, Jesus. You are life itself. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. You know what? Just begin to lift your voices and just begin to pray out loud to the Lord right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Just give him your praise. Give him your heart. Say, Lord, I want you, Jesus. I want your heart. Lord, take away these things in my life. Free me, Jesus. I want freedom. I want your Holy Spirit to move in my heart. Oh, yeah, don't let that go on. Um, just as Dan was saying about Genesis 22, I felt that there's actually something because when um, when Abraham was taking his son Isaac up the mountain, he he knew that God was a loving God, and Isaac, his son, asked him, "Look, we have the knife, we have we have the wood, but where's the offering?" And he says, mm. "God will provide the lamb," mm. and he doesn't, and and he knows that God is a loving God and won't take his son. Mm. And I feel like, and 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 he saves his son, and there's a and there's just there's a ram caught in the thickets, mm. and at the last moment he takes the ram, and the ram is and the ram is killed. Mm. But God, God actually put his son on that cross. And I just feel like there's some of you who there might be something in your life that you know you're putting first before God and you're worried what will happen, how will that go. It yeah. might be your family, it might be your girlfriend, it might be your boyfriend, whatever it is. You might think, God, but I don't want that taken away. And God, he, it, that might not be the case because it wasn't the case that, that he was saying to Ibrahim, look, Ibrahim, kill your son. Yeah. It, it, that wasn't it. It was saying, look, put me first, just like Dan was saying. So it's yeah. absolutely on it. Uh, but yeah, I just felt like that. So the cost is God has everything. If you trust him, it will all be in place. Yes. Yeah, that's good, Tim.